Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, Brent Aiken. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we want to welcome you and invite you over to our website, studentministryconversations.org, where you can find all of our previous episodes, show notes, blog articles, and much more. Our goal is that you are inspired, encouraged, and the things that you hear on this podcast can equip you to be a better student pastor for the church that you're serving in. Today, we are sitting down with Dan Ispinick. And we are talking about family and household engagement. Great conversation, lots of good information to take from this. Um, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dan. All right. Hey, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we are sitting down with Dan Ispinick. And today, uh, as I said already, we are talking about family and home engagement. But before we get to that, Dan, tell us a little bit about you, what you do. Um, and, uh, basically what you have cooking right now. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a family pastor just outside of Chicago. So about 25 minutes, uh, West in the Western suburbs of Chicago. We've been here about two and a half, three years. Uh, I've been doing student ministry and family ministry for about 28 years. So November was my 28th year. So I'm well into my 29th year of student ministry. Uh, guys take me all around the country. So I've been doing a lot of different things. A lot of places doing inside student ministry. And then recently, over the last couple of years, we partnered up with another ministry and we launched a website called Youthman Hub that provides resources and family ministry resources to youth pastors all around the country, all around the world, honestly. That's awesome. And so obviously, family, you are married? Yes, I have a Kids. wife. Melissa is, and I have been married 22 years. I have a 18-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son. So Jenna is downtown Chicago at Moody Bible. And my son is a freshman around the corner here at a local high school. Nice, man. Well, as we've already said, obviously you've had experience in student ministry, experience in family ministry. And I think that does definitely qualify you for the uh, conversation that we have today. And yeah. that's like we said, family and household engagement. And it might seem like a question that we all know the answer to, but what is the importance of reaching out to the parents and household of the students that are coming to your group? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people ask me a simple question is, you know, what is your biggest mistake in youth ministry? What's your biggest mistake in ministry? And, I'll, and I obviously say the same thing is many, many years ago, a 19, 20 year old guy starting out in youth ministry, I did not want to have parents involved at all. I wanted them to drop their kids off, leave them at the door, and then I would fix the problems that they caused as parents. And I was going to be the hero. And that was what I, the way I ran youth ministry. I think like a lot of young youth pastors, we feel like we're the we're the main spiritual mentor and disciple of their child of the children, and the parents are kind of just leave them at the door, and we will uh, check check them out later. And what I found very very few years ago is that we need to start engaging parents because I only have an hour, two, maybe three hours tops uh, with students, but these are people that are with their students all the time, and honestly, they're the ones that are lifelong disciplers. I am temporary, and my job needs to be a partner during the time I have with those kids, with their parents and their households. And that has completely changed how I do ministry, how I do discipleship, and even how I approach a uh, family ministry, which was what I really do now is I'm a family pastor overseeing 
birth through uh, college and also kind of engaging with women's ministry and men's ministry in our church and really kind of creating a big holistic umbrella of ministry that empowers and strengthens what happens inside uh, student ministry specifically. Yeah, and I love how you specifically mentioned parents and household engagement. What exactly do you mean by that? What's the difference between the two terms? Really, honestly, we've had to really change our terms, even though my name, my title is family pastor. We use the term household because the world we live in, especially coming out of the pandemic, we are now dealing with households of students, not just parents. We have grandparents, we have uh, aunts, uncles, we have step parents, we have foster parents. Uh, even in some cases, we have older an older sibling raising a student that's coming to our ministry. So we really have to think household, not just parents. Um, and also in our world we live in, not to get into controversial topics, but household and families define a lot of different ways uh, inside and outside the church. So when we use that term, that really opens up so many more doors and really is inclusive of everyone that's going to come through our doors that he needs to hear, you know, the good news of Jesus. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, is, I mean, we've had, we've had multiple conversations on here already, and we have a few more coming down the pipeline as far as what students we are engaging and encountering when it comes to student ministry. We've talked about how you have special needs kids. You we've talked about how you have foster children. We have an episode coming soon um, talking about homeless children um, and what it technically means to be homeless. Because the thing is, is homeless doesn't necessarily mean that they are living out on the streets. There are tons of different things that homeless can mean. And it's kind of this blanket statement. But a lot of times family kind of falls into that same boat as like we talk about family, but there's so many different things that family can mean. And so with that, it's something really, really important that we have to look at. And so um, I guess twofold, um, obviously with the household and parent engagement, um, man, talk about talk about some uh, impactful moments um, that you've specifically reached out to um, families, uh, whether like of your students over the years and how that has been a huge benefit. Um, and then yeah. as we kind of transition through that, maybe there's some pitfalls that we need to avoid as well. Yeah, well, I mean, something that I've written on on my my blog and actually shared quite a bit and got a lot of reaction from is is understanding that parents can be can be one of the best leaders that you recruit in your ministry. While there's a huge value in young adults being a part of ministry and young couples, we have a core group of parents and grandparents that are engaged in our ministry. So once again, that household engagement in, in what we're doing. And I think the most powerful thing was a few years ago when I started realizing that we have amazing parents that have so many resources, uh, so many skills, and so many also already kind of come in pre-trained in a lot of ways in leadership that they become this, this huge win for me when I engage parents in what I'm doing and allow them to be part of leading beside me, with me. Um, and a lot of times just let, literally just handing off the reins to certain areas to let them lead uh, lead up and empower them that way. So that's been a big pivot. Um, probably about 10, 15 years ago, I started realizing that I really need to recruit um, multi-generational leadership and that includes households. Yeah, and so are any any specific stories where you've reached out to a specific family that sticks out that is like a, a big win at looking back, or uh, how I does do that play I, out? One of the, one of the most uh, pivotal kind of influential leaders I've had was a few years ago was I reached out to an individual 
um, who end up having 12 children. So we ended up having him as a leader and he's continuing on long after I left the church. He wow. is continuing on as a key youth leader, a key teacher in that church because he was really fully invested in being a parent, fully invested in a household of faith by I mean, raising up like multiple generations of, of kids. I mean, he had a daughter that we had in middle school that now graduated from Moody. My daughter actually interacts with her uh, now. And then also they have children now still in that ministry. So to see this long-term leader that's following along, walking alongside our, the ministry that exists, but also the kids that have come through his own students walking through the ministry. It's just amazing to see him take on that and then engage with beyond the church, being a, a soccer coach, being a, a dad on a different, a lot of different ways. And so there's those people that we would, oh, well, that's a parent. I don't want them involved. We would have missed out on this long-term uh, investment that, I mean, he's been leading as a, as a parent for, volunteer for probably 15 plus years in that ministry. I was with him for 10 or 11 years. I've left and he's continued on. And I actually, there's another woman in this, in the church the same way that was a long-term invested leader and continues to be so because we're willing to say, Hey, as a parent, you have the value of being here, not just, you know, tying up with your kids at home, but coming here and being interacting with their peers, being a small group leader, bringing your wisdom, your spiritual growth, spiritual life into that environment. And it was a huge win and it continues to be a huge win at that church. Yeah, and so uh, I, I love getting parents involved. That's been something that I have done through my time in ministry. And I find that, like you said, they're they're by far more invested um, because their kids are going through the program. But also there's the added benefit of, hey, like I this kid's mom is a, a leader in our group. But then also the kids that are friends of that son are like, oh, man, like, she's so cool. I wish my parents did that kind of thing like that. And so it's even building deeper relationships with the friend groups around that son too. And at the, very, very quickly, it gets to be to where like, it's the cool parent, the cool uh, ones. And it yeah. allows that to be a, um, a real relationship that they had outside of the church that has come inside of the church that is just going to continue to foster their own relationships with Jesus as well. Um, it works super, super well, but as far as like contacting and like, in, I we talk about engaging parents and yeah. engaging households, how specifically do you go out and engage those parents and households? Well, I think, I mean, part of what we do is talk about the word engagement, but that is, that is one of four words that we use inside of our family ministry, but also our student ministry. We want to engage parents. We want to equip parents. We want to empower parents. That's what we really just want to do is we really want to make sure the parents know, one, that they are part of what we do. Then we want to encourage them that they can be part of what we do, even at home, but then to give the equipment. So my wife and I spend a lot of time really making sure that we're equipping the volunteers, but also the parents in our ministry to do the work. And so I was even talking this, this morning with a group of youth pastors, and we talked about there's an information, there's an interest, there's an involvement, and then there's intertwining of of our ministry. We want to make sure that every parent and every staff member is fully informed of what we're doing. But we also want to do is we want to create ministry that interests them, that draws them in and say, hey, I want to know more about that. But then that draws parents in and in all other staff members, other people in our church to be involved. But then we always look to be intertwined. We want our ministry to be an intertwining part of family life so that there is, an, as much as I want the parents to be put a priority on my ministries, 
I want to put a priority on their home life. And so what we have is we have this intertwining kind of moment where people say, you know what, I want to make sure my kids are there for your student ministry. And we have this struggle. We talk to the youth pastor all the time about the struggles of different extracurricular activities and all these different things that, you know, frustrate us when they, when people choose those things over our ministry. But if we make the opportunity, make the effort to really engage parents and intertwine what we're doing, I found parents will start making choices of priority and saying, you know what, we're going to make a choice to put youth ministry and God first in our home. And that means that some of these other things are, be, are going to be secondary, not youth ministry is a secondary thing. And that's that's a huge encouragement, but it's it's a, a golden kind of moment that you have to kind of find, work through as a youth pastor, as a family pastor, really getting parents that bought in, but it's possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the intertwining piece that you just talked about. And I, I love how you take it beyond the information. You take beyond just the, the idea of saying, hey, we well, we contact parents because we we put out a weekly newsletter um, and it hits their inbox every single week. And But you take it a little bit beyond that and say, hey, not only are we doing this, but then you talk about that interest piece, but specifically the intertwining. Um, what are some specific uh, examples that you're talking about when it comes to that intertwining? Do you have activities that you invite them to? Do you just have like an open invitation to where parents can just come and be a part whenever they want to? How does that work as far as the intertwining? Uh, a lot of different ways. I think the one of the simplest ways that every single youth pastor can intertwine their ministry with home life is simple. They take their small group questions and they send them to the parents the next day. We're already making small group questions. We're already having small group leaders interacting with students. It's already pre-made. It's one extra step us to say, you know what, here's what your child, your student was talking about in small groups. You have the opportunity to have the exact same questions, exact same conversations at home. So literally my, my high school pastor that I work with, I said, hey, you know what I want you to do is Sunday night, you have youth group. Monday morning, I want you to make a quick reel for our Instagram account, 90 seconds. And then right after that, I want you to send out the exact same questions you use in small groups to every single household. And so then we're trying to encourage parents to interact and do the exact same thing of discipleship. So often parents say, you know what, I'm going to let the smoke leader take care of that, the youth pastor take care of that. And what we're doing is we're putting it right in their in inbox. They can choose not to look at it, but they're seeing on social media, we're talking about it. They're seeing we're, we're doing this. And then we're encouraging them to ask the question at home, but also the kids know, the students know the same questions are going home and they have the opportunity to talk to mom and dad and have further discussions throughout the week on those topics. So that's a simple one. I mean, that's one that any youth pastor that's doing smokes can do. But what we try as we do is we go a little farther in really trying to create space for parents to interact. So we have about three key meetings a year where parents have all the information presented to them. So we have a full calendar, 12 month calendar goes out a full scope and sequence of everything we're going to teach the entire year. And in fact, we have an eight-year scope and sequence. So parents know exactly what we're teaching over the course of our ministry and in what order and how we're going to teach it. So they have full access to what we're doing. And then what we try to do is we try to do little snippets of information as far as recaps of lessons, recaps of what we're teaching, recaps of series on social media and in emails. So parents are constantly getting information. But then they can, they're always welcome to come and interact. But we try to create special moments for our families to come together. So my wife and I are currently doing, just wrapping up a marriage series. This fall, we did a parenting series. But then throughout the year, we're trying to do some different things where there are activities. So one of the greatest things that we did, it's really simple hack for youth pastors, is you want parents to come, show up to your small, your, 
your meeting, offer parent versus kid dodgeball. The best attended parent meeting we have every single year is when we in January have our parent meeting, but we offer parent versus kid dodgeball after the meeting is over. And every year we have a ton of parents show up to that magically and they hear all the information, they get involved, they feel invested, but they have memories and they have moments and there's this kind of bonding moment that happens at a classic youth ministry moment, but parents just love being a part of what we're, what we're doing, but we try to keep them fully informed, but then we offer some things where they can come and be a part of things. Yeah, that's fantastic. And our fourth and fifth grade do that pretty, pretty close to that as well. They only have one parent meeting a year though. And the thing is, is there's, there's an informational session that takes a little bit of time. They eat dinner together that night. They're the students and their parents. And then they spend like an hour or so doing minute to win it games. And it's normally like them and their parent against all the other kids and their parents. And so there's a ton of opportunities to just kind of go in. Um, and like you said, aim for that intertwining because in the grand scheme of things, having that one parent meeting literally does everything that you just said, you inform, you interest, and you intertwine all three in one single event. And so the thing is, is a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to do parent meetings because no one shows up kind of thing like that. First off, that's a terrible attitude to have. Um, because parents should be your greatest ally when it comes to how your ministry is not only perceived in your church, but also perceived in your community. Because the thing is, is your parents, if they like you, they're going to want to tell other parents about your group and about what you're doing and how to get involved. And then they're also going to say, man, my kid loves it. I, and I personally love the information that I get. I love the involvement. I love the activities that they do. And I mean, that parents are your best public relations when it comes to your ministry, your church in the community. Um, the biggest, so very, very, I mean, parents have saved my job. Parents have saved my job more often than not, because if a parent is involved, intertwined, informed with what I'm doing, if another parent comes to them and complains, I have a group of parents that are like, nope, that doesn't sound right, because we have been invited into the conversation over and over again. The door is always open. The, he has these three meetings a year. And I don't know how many often, how many times this happened where a parent it wants to be negative. They go to another parent and the parent says, no, 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 absolutely not. And I can defend him. And here's why. And the same thing happens with, with having parents as leaders. You have parents who are in there working with you. They are your biggest defender, but they are, they are job savers. And that's a kind of little, little hidden secret that we don't talk about a lot. But if you have parents involved, they will defend you. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And the thing is, is in the grand scheme of things, like you said, going back to one of the things originally, is ultimately at the end of the day, our job is to equip parents to disciple their kids. We can do everything that we can try to do. We can have those conversations. We can have those moments where God just really, really has that um, interaction with them that really leaves a mark. But in the grand scheme of things, we see them, I mean, very, very little compared to how much parents see them. And so when we are equipping parents to be that voice, to be that opportunity for discipleship, ultimately we're increasing the value of family connection. We're increasing the value of um, what kids think about their parents' insight um, and all kinds of stuff. So it's it's a win-win in so many different ways. Um, and another way that I would throw in um, that you kind of touched on, but I just want to make sure that it's really, really heard is listen to your parents. 
your parents will have some absolutely killer ideas if you listen to them. And so one of the things that we actually took and incorporated is I had a parent email me one time and was like, hey, I want to have these conversations about these tough issues um, at the dinner table, but I really don't know where to go to get information and research and stuff like that that's done. So is there any way that you could like put together some uh, topic cards that would be like over the big issues of like, um, like underage drinking and sex before marriage and all these big, big issues that high schoolers face on a regular basis um, that I can sit down and have these conversations, but actually have evidence to back them up. And so we turned it into a topical series and we call them table talks and we actually printed cards um, to where like p uh, parents could come pick them up from the church to where they could have cards um, to take home. Uh, each uh, they had articles like blog articles and research on them that were QR codes so they could pull it up on their phone or their tablet and read through them together as a family. Um, and it was just something that really, really worked out um, in a fantastic way because the parents loved them, but it was not our idea at all the we had a parent speak up and say hey i need help with this and we just did what we could to help and it turned into a tremendous thing and a tremendous resource for all of our parents yeah. and parents i mean parents are just scared they're going to do it wrong and they just feel like they're not equipped and but they are and simple things those things that we put on our youth Mid hub website we have a whole entire failure page now we've created about uh, about 20 faith at home pages that just simply says, here are the four or five steps to take through discipleship and then an activity to do it, to engage a conversation and then some scripture reading to go together with that. And that's something that we've used in our own ministry. And now I'm kind of beginning to share that beyond the walls of our, our church through, through my website and just saying, Hey, here's a simple one page discipleship model, one page, simple outline kind of walks through with your kid in a way that's not cheesy and allows them a conversation. And then we've created some other spaces where we have car talks, where these conversation starters for car, in, the, in the car, we have some opportunities to start conversations around the table. And it's just giving them just a, a launch pad to get into it. And that's the first big step. Once they get past that hurdle, you'd be amazed at how many parents really want to have these conversations, but just no one's ever told them how. And to give them simple ways to do that. And we've seen, you know, over, I mean, many managers doing this is parents just taking off and it's not because of anything we're doing in discipleship, it's because parents are choosing to disciple their own kids. Yeah. And I, I think in the grand scheme of things, us working to bring the discipleship efforts home, like you've just mentioned time and time again, is the primary goal of household engagement. We want to engage not only the student, we want to engage the entire family with the message of the gospel. And sometimes putting those questions in the parents' hands where these parents might not even have all the answers or might be struggling with some of this themselves, it gives them opportunities to learn as well. It gives them opportunities to grow together as a family unit. Um, and ultimately, it'll benefit the entire family, not just the student. A lot of times we try to... Um, bring the student to Jesus and efforts of the student bringing his parents to Jesus. But a lot of times that doesn't necessarily work, but statistics over and over and over and over again show that if you get the mom and dad, then that will change the family yeah. because it's important. And it's just the hierarchy of how things work. And it's a silver bullet of youth ministry that we've kind of ignored um, in some ways, or maybe we haven't really fully, fully taken advantage of is the silver bullet of really creating a ministry that's sustainable 
is going to be through parent ministry and family and household ministry. You know, long gone are the uh, days when we throw a big youth rally and hundreds of kids show up to this famous speaker or this band. What's going to keep kids coming is they're fully discipled, they're engaged in a relationship with a leader, but their parents are engaged and in part of what you're doing. And so the big event thing really does not, is not going to bring you the big number sustainably. Slow, steady growth through parents being engaged and parents take, investing in what you're doing, parents feeling investing in their own kids and saying, hey, because we're investing in our own kids, we're willing to invest our time and our efforts to make sure our kids are there is what is, is kind of a silver bullet of, of youth ministry growth. I mean, really seeing the numbers start growing, seeing your youth ministry take off is honestly parents, parents and families and households that are, are they're bought in, but they also are fully informed of what you're doing and they want to be part of it. And that's something we don't talk sure. a lot about ministry because we have you know some quick tricks to get kids to show up, but that's the long-term sustainable way to grow your youth ministry. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And so I, I think that we have um, kind of covered the informational side and engaging parents at home. Um, but you also brought up engaging parents and getting them to be volunteers, getting them to be involved as an actual um, like member of the program, as a helper, as volunteer, a small group leader. How do you go about making those conversations happen? And then how do you go towards engaging parents to where they want to be involved as a small group leader or maybe a van driver for that one event that no one wants to drive to or, I mean, fill in the blank. There's so many different ways. But how do you go about having those conversations that engage parents to make them want to be involved further than just discipling at home? Well, I mean, the first off is those three meetings. Those three meetings we have with parents, it's not just information about our ministry, but it's information about how to be involved. So we have a sheet that we call Help Us Help You, which talks about expectations that will help us be a better youth ministry if parents will do these simple things. But then on the bottom of that is all the ways they can be involved. And one of those keys is really having student-led, adult-guided youth ministry is creating teams of students that engage and own the youth ministry, but then finding caring adults that are willing to guide those teams. So Sunday morning, our, our ministry is far more leader-driven. Leaders are putting together some things. Students are showing up. But those midweek programs, we really want, especially in high school ministry, you want to get to the point where it's student-led, adult-guided. And that's where those parents step in. So maybe a parent's like, I don't want to be a smoke leader, but hey, can you be set up teardown? Can you provide food? Can you run technology? Are you willing to write encouragement notes? But even better is, can you help my students do that? So I'm not personally going to this kid. I'm saying, hey, you know, mom, so-and-so, grandma, so-and-so, can you grab these three girls? They want to be part of an encouragement team, and they're going to write encouragement notes to people who haven't showed up in a while or the first-time visitors. Hey, dad or grandpa or, aunt or uncle, hey, you know what? We have a bunch of guys who want to run technology. I don't have to worry about it. You're great at that. Do that. So we want to give them a variety of on-ramps that are easy wins for them, but that also makes our ministry, once again, grow and become sustainable is by having student-driven ministry, student-led ministry with adults guiding it. So that's a big a big part of what we do. Um, another part is what we really invest. We say, hey, we want to not only just invest you in, to kind of turn my job to you and let you do the job of youth ministry at home. We want to also make sure that those parents, those kids, are, are being invested in too. So what we try to do is we try to offer classes. Like I mentioned, my wife and I do six to eight week classes with parents to better them. And also one of those things is in a better parent is comes from a better marriage. So those married couples, we try to invest in marriages, not just parenting. So our current series is all about Christ-centered 
a marriage, not Christ-centered parenting. So the fall, we spent some time talking about what it looks like to have a Christ-centered home, not a child-centered home. Now we're talking about what it looks like to have a Christ-centered marriage, not a self-centered or spouse-centered marriage. And that's changing our youth ministry because parents are investing in their marriages as well as their parenting. And that makes better discipleship at home. Well, yeah. And I mean, you, you're living under a rock if you don't see <laughs> the problems um, that our current culture and society are going through with marriage and divorce and everything else. I mean, that is that is hands down one of the largest pandemics that we're de dealing with because the thing is, is most of the time we won't see all of the ramifications of that happening. The thing is, is those are going to continuously haunt their kids all the way through their adulthood, um, whether it be like, man, I never want to do that. And so they're so fearsome and so worrisome about their own marriage in the future that they don't want to be like their parents or the other aspect of they just don't want to get married because they saw their parents not being able to do it. Um, and there's so much um, desperation. There's so much despair. There's so much um, hurt, anxiety, worry, um, so many things that can leak from that. And so combating that first and foremost, I mean, like you said, if you're going after that, um, then ultimately you're, you're working towards building positive and uh, positive and solid foundations for the kids too which is fantastic so yeah, for the youth pastor go ahead no and our hope is i mean the third session of, of our year is going to be investing in the whole the whole of the church is what, are, what does it look like for aunts uncles grandma grandpas uh mentors to be part of this this opportunity so we're gonna spend about four weeks going through a book called going on for god by mel walker just talking about what it looks like for our whole church intergenerationally to engage in discipleship pieces. So coming around this child, and I mean, Chap Clark talked about it years ago about the six to one ratio. It's not leader to kids, it's leader, it's adults to one child. So we wanna have a six caring adults for every one child in our church. Once again, that's gonna, that's just changed our ministry. If we have a youth pastor, two caring parents, um, some small group leaders, both we have some caring adults beyond the, the ministry and beyond their, their home. They're caring for them, following up them, mentoring, praying for them. It's a huge, big deal. I and mean, we're looking forward to the fall. We're actually be doing, uh, Leader Treks has a thing called Pray For Me, which is a huge church-wide campaign and curriculum to engage the whole entire church to pray for each other, but specifically intergenerationally. And we're excited about that too. It is a really big way to go household, not just parent ministry. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. We've actually used Pray For Me in our um, yeah. church and it was a tremendous hit. Um, and then also you, you, you leave it out in the open as a, Hey, do you want to be a part of this, um, kid's journey with Jesus? And I had so many just adults in our church that were like, Hey, well, what school do they go to? Where do they, where do they, what part of town do they live in? How's their family life at home? Would it be like, would it be weird if I like bought them birthday presents? Yeah. Um, would it be weird that I like t had their phone number and texted them? And of course, some of those things you're like, well, I mean, like we need to be careful. But the thing is, is like, there was so much more involvement and some of them were e even like, man, would it be, would it be something that like y'all could potentially work towards with this program to where, 
maybe, I don't know, like we go get coffee once a semester and I can just talk with them about how what's going on and how things are going with them and their uh, families and school and their relationship with Jesus. And so there was so much buy-in far greater than what I had originally planned because I was just like, hey, man, let's get the church to pray for our kids. Um, and they took it and ran with it. Um, so very, very cool um, program. I will put that in the show notes as well as your website because both are tremendous resources. Um, and the thing is, is um, once again, we have to get past, like you said, get past the silver bullet of ministry to where we think that parents are going to destroy our program because parents are the foundation of our program. Because without parents, we don't last long. Without parents, our, we don't have a student body of believe, uh, kids that are trying to learn more about Jesus. And then also, we don't ha- probably don't have a pastor or a um, senior staff that supports us as well because they hear all the negatives of what the parents are telling them. And so parents are a vital part of who we are and what we do in ministry. And so for the young youth pastor um, that might be like what you said in your 18 to 20s that were like, man, I just want to like, they need to drop them off at the door and I'm going to fix everything that's wrong kind of thing like that. But for the ones that are maybe in that scenario right now, listening to this or the ones that really just haven't put much thought into it, um, how would you recommend that they start the process of working towards this parent-centered and parent-focused engagement? Conversations. I mean, the greatest thing you can do is just have conversations. I mean, if you, especially if you're, you're a guy leader, you know, talk to the dads. If you're a female leader, talk to the moms. If you're a guy leader, find opportunities to, to have a bunch of moms meet at the church and offer some coffee and just have a conversation around the table and say, hey, I just want to hear. I just want to listen. Um, going on a listening tour is amazing. It's just simply, you know, we're, we're paid communicators, but sometimes the most powerful message is not what we say, it's what we don't say and how we listen, like kind of what you mentioned. And that's where you start is just saying, hey, what is your heart? What is your, what is your hurt? But also what are your expectations? So often young youth pastors don't know what parents are expecting and uh, frustration, anger, and kind of sadness comes from unmet expectations. So often, you know, as a young youth pastor walking into a church, you have parents who have a set of expectations that they've never articulated to you. And just simply saying, hey, I just want to look you eye to eye and hear, hear your story, hear your voice, and hear what you expect. What are your, what are your thoughts? What, are your, what is your you know, experience with youth ministry? What is your experience growing up? And so often that just really informs what and how you create your ministry moving forward, but also how you engage them. Because you know, you know your target now. And it's amazing. I mean, you win so many bonus points by simply saying, I just want to hear you. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I mean, even just the listening tour that you sit like talking about, I was like, man, that's not a bad idea. Um, but, and that might be something that I, I love doing this podcast because the thing is, is like, I'm, yeah, I talk about how Russell has been in youth ministry for 25 years. I've been in youth ministry for 13 now. And the thing is, is like almost every single podcast that I record, I'm just like, oh man, that's a, that's a great idea. Like I should be doing that kind of thing like that. Um, because the thing is, is you, you never understand it fully. You never will get to the point to where you've mastered youth ministry. There will be always new things that you can take and learn. Um, and gosh, what a, what a powerful opportunity to connect with parents to where you're just like, Hey, I'm going to provide coffee. I'm going to provide maybe some snacks. Um, I just want you to come up, drink some coffee. And I want y'all to share with me what it's like to be the parent of a teenager right now. Um, like, and 
I'm sure the parents would take that offer up for 100% just for the nature of they, I mean, parents just like students want to be heard. Um, they want to feel like other people acknowledge their struggle. Um, and the thing is, is in the grand scheme of things, a lot of ways that how we minister to parents, we minister to students in almost the exact same way. Um, and so I've always joked that uh, I think it's uh, a lot of people joke when they go from like uh, youth ministry to being a pastor or something like that. And they're like, yeah, no, old people are just like middle school ministry, except they're uh, in diapers or something to that nature. Um, and so like, it's just one of those things that it's not a different task. It's not, it's not a different um, struggle. A lot of parents want the same validation, the same affirmations that kids do. And yep. allowing that opportunity to listen is super, super important. So outside of this conversation, um, obviously, um, we've had some great insight, great um, um, different ways that we've had this conversation go. Where can they go other than in this conversation to get help? Um, obviously, yep. we mentioned your website. Yeah. Um, we mentioned the Pray For Me campaign. That would be a great thing to start. But do you have any other recommendations? Um, well, for about 10 years, I was the lead content writer for ministryparents.com. And uh, so they have a lot of great resources uh, to be real. Probably anything within the last maybe two years is not mine, but anything in the last, you know, 10, 15 years has really been my content that I've helped create. A great friend of mine started the organization and he's a little part of that organization and they were my, but that is a great website to find a whole lot of resources uh, stuff that I value and stuff that I mean I've created because I, that's why I value it, but also stuff I still use with my ministry. And I said that we were trying to create some things inside of our website to really just empower uh, family and parent ministry happening that way. So those are, I mean, for me, I think those are probably the two biggest ones that stick out in my mind that probably people don't know about or maybe haven't heard about or plugged into. Um, I, I love D6 and well, a lot of stuff that they're doing through their ministry as well. So uh, that's really is a huge big thing. So they are very family ministry focused, intergenerationally focused. Uh, so some people are aware of that. Some people are not aware of them, but they have some great curriculum, but also some great resources on their website for as far as books and uh, trainings. That's just, it's huge. It's huge. I love those, that stuff. Yeah. And um, the, we've also had um, Walt Mueller on the show. Um, yep. And Walt oh, well. has some fantastic stuff as far as family ministry goes and how to um, partner with parents and how to um, get them involved and how to um, not only get them involved, but also speak into the life of the family as well. Um, he has some great stuff with his uh, website um, and then he his podcast as well. Um, some tremendous stuff to ch check out there. Um, but Dan, other than that, man, is there anything that we haven't covered that you really want to get out there? Um, is there anything oh. else just to kind of close up the conversation? No, I, I mean, we really covered a, a wide variety is, I mean, my biggest encouragement out of all of this is really, you know, engage parents, look them in the eye, involve them. Um, it's going to be a huge win. It's going to be a huge win. It's never a loss to have parents involved in the life of their kids. And uh, as I said, I mean, it really is a silver bullet that we don't talk about enough that once we get parents involved and parents engaged, parents are really putting a high priority and a value on what we're doing, um, it really will change everything in your ministry really, really well. And I, I believe that because that's what I've dedicated my life to doing is really engaging families in the full holistic view of youth ministry, not just students. Yeah. And I think that there's evidence um, just in what you've done over the years that it works um, that we all have the ability to do it. 
Um, and man, just what, what a powerful way to um, ultimately increase um, the effectiveness of your ministry to the students that you're trying to reach by in, uh, uh, engaging the parents of the kids that you have um, and maybe the kids that you don't even have um, and bringing it to a whole church perspective because all of the parents in your church want to know how to be a better parent. Um, it doesn't, I mean, the, the parents of five-year-olds aren't looking at the parents of like, aren't looking at your material or your engagement being like, oh, well, no, I, I have it all figured out. Um, if anything, they're drowning more than the teenagers are because the different levels and the different stages of parenting come with different challenges every single time. And so the ways that we can affect, uh, equip them uh, the best are going to be what ultimately works the best for our ministries. Finally, man, how can people connect with you on social media? Um, shameless plugs, anything else you want to throw out there where they can reach on, reach out to you? I mean, I'm on, uh, you know, I'm on youth Instagram as well. So I mean, everybody's on Instagram. So youth Ben hub is on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I always have Facebook. Um, I have my website. So those are places on Twitter. I mean, mo all the usual places you can find my name or put in youth Ben hub and you'll find me. And then, uh, we also, I also kind of help work with a few, few Facebook pages. So we have a huge game page that uh, has just taken over and it's been great to kind of really have an opportunity to kind of interact with youth pastors all over the world, just doing basic stuff to make, uh, you know, teaching more effective through games. Yeah. That's awesome. And so as always, we'll have all of um, Dan's contact information, all of the uh, websites and different resources that we've mentioned in the show notes on our website for this episode. You can go there, studentministryconversations.org, and you can find all of the show notes for this. But Dan, uh, man, it's been fantastic. I have followed you for quite a while. Um, and I love the stuff, love the content that you've been doing, especially, um, with such a topic as family involvement and engagement. Cause like we've said multiple times throughout this conversation, um, it's something that a lot of youth ministries don't really do well, but it's something that is absolutely, um, groundbreaking for the ones that do like, it is a huge, huge blessing for the ones that do it well. Um, and I think we can all get better when it comes to that. But that is all that we have for this show. Um, so just a few things before we close up. Um, did you know that you can now support us by becoming a Patreon member and supporting the podcast? You can go to patreon.com slash talkstudentmen, and you can check out how to sponsor our show as well as the different perks of becoming a sponsor. If you can't support us financially, that's totally fine. Um, we all live on the youth pastor salary and budget. Um, all we ask is that you do your part to get the podcast out to the greater student ministry audience. Share our podcast with your youth pastor friends on social media. Tag a specific episode that stood out to you like this one today or um, one that we've had in the past. Either way, be sure to tag us in the post on your favorite platform using at Talk Student Men. And then finally, like if you want to be like Dan and be a guest on this show in the future, um, we literally want to speak to you and speak to everybody that is in youth ministry. So send us an email or reach out to us on social media. Our email is podcast at studentministryconversations.org. We'd love to set up a time where you can come on the show with us. Um, man, once again, Dan, thank you for coming on the show. What a awesome, awesome conversation. Great topic. And we're excited for listeners to get to hear this one. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, we hope you have a great week and we will see you next time.